Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to everybody, no matter where you are. I'm Ray Rossini, and joined as always is my co-host, Mr. Matt Topper. How you doing, my friend? Doing awesome. It's uh, it's Sunday night without the Sunday night feeling. Right? It's uh, it's four four day weekend for me. Uh, three day weekend for most others. Um, it's kind of nice. I, I honestly completely forgot about the show until you reminded me. So, <laughs> and you didn't even get to share my awesome joke, which was we felt like a vCenter server because it's right. a missing host at the top. Yeah, no, I did appreciate that. That was <laughs> that was solid nerd humor. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, definitely appreciate that. There was another one that was said by whatchamacallit, I think it was uh. Kevin Dekayevich said something in the MMN Discord along the lines of like, "Life, there was no life before 1970." Making a joke about you—that was a good I'm, one. Yeah. Oh yeah. I like that sure. one. <laughs> <laughs> so Keith, I do need to hear your. Uh, thanks for being in the chat, dude. I do need to hear your iced tea story one day. Uh, would definitely love to hear it. Uh, but for now, Matt, tell me what you've been up to this past week, man. Man, nothing too interesting or fascinating. <clears throat> We do have at some point a meta topic to figure out, which is that the uh, New York Aaron Rodgers starts this weekend. So we, we're going to have to think about scheduling on this and figure yeah. out with football uh, season starting. And there's no uh, good answer to that. Like, and I'd love to hear from the chat, like what you guys recommend. Uh, my thing is like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, when like there's games every day at some point during the season. So like, right. We're going to have to bounce. Um, but, uh, Sunday, Monday games, we have Tuesday wins and losses. I don't think we have anything Wednesday evenings, so that's probably safer, uh, but we'll discuss privately unless you have an opinion you want to share. So we, we do have to figure that out that, um, that's been on my mind, the, uh, start of football season, because usually for me, uh, football season is not very exciting. The jets are terrible every year and this year they're exciting. So we're, we're good there. You're not worried about it being a, a little older, Aaron Rodgers, a little farther along in his career. No, I mean, no, nope, not, not at all. I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers. I mean, on one hand, you can make the Jordan analogies. Older, still got it, but <clears throat> no, man. I, and I'm an Aaron Rodgers fan. I mean, besides the crazy shit he does, but I'm an Aaron Rodgers yeah. like football fan for sure. So without turning this into a sports show, by the way, I would totally be up for a sports show at some point. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Here's my my take on it. The Jets were legit a in that era of we're a quarterback away for real. And so with even average, slightly competent QB play, they're in good shape based on the rest of the roster. Uh, as a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, uh, I we're always saying we're a QB away from <laughs> and every year this QB is going to be the guy and two is going to be <clears> the guy. And we've heard that over and over. Um, I'm not, I'm okay with talking about sports a little bit because you know, the old cliche that, you know, MSPs don't talk sports ball. Um, I found there's quite a few diehard sports fans. Uh, yeah, for sure. There's soccer. tons of them. Yeah, man. Um, and actually we're planning on doing more and more. It's funny because all the discords I'm on now, Every single one has a fitness slash move your body slash, you know, get outside and do something besides computering uh, channel. <clears throat> and it's kind of nice to see. That's um, not something I've seen previously. So. I think it's becoming normalized in the channel. Um, yeah. 
I like to think I had some tiny part in in helping with this by doing the runs at the conferences, but yes, I, it's it's yeah. everyone. Like it, for, something has happened over the past year or two, and it has very little to do with anything I did. Just some something in this industry. It's becoming mainstream now. It's not this weird thing it's, where everyone like to be in the fitness be, anymore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, between the the morning runs, right? The 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 five Ks that seem to happen at a lot of events nowadays. In the last twelve months, I've seen them. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, I, I think I had mentioned to you, uh, Alex and I are planning, Alex uh, Boyd, uh, my Alex, uh, we're planning a um, yoga thing in the morning at ITNC. Uh, we're going to pick some morning, pick some grass, grab some water and some mats and go do yoga outside. And uh, if you want to see a fat dude do yoga, it'll be good fun. But for everybody <laughs> else, you know, nice way to relax before the start of the day. Yeah, uh, for sure. I know John Harden's working on a thing too. Um, I'm sure he yes. already, uh, grabbed you on that. I don't want to give away, spill the beans at all, but, um, that's so I won't spill the beans except to say that your idea had the coolest name ever. So <laughs> See, we, we'll leave that, it at that. Now we got a, you know, that's, we, that's a little bit of a tease, but, uh, I'll take it. Yeah. I don't believe for a second Keith is well balanced when it comes to sports teams. This is the longest I've ever seen him not talk about the Cowboys. Um, so have you ever been grabbed by Keith Nelson and talked to about the Cowboys for, an hour or two? Well, no, because I wasn't around in the 90s. <laughs> there was uh, Troy Aikman, and then it just went downhill from there. No. Um, all right, so we're not here to talk about uh, about sports ball, uh, although I do love sports ball. Um, we're here to talk about some MSP conversations. Were there any that grabbed your uh, that grabbed your eye this uh, week? So I I stayed <laughs> I stayed <laughs> nice. I was around. I just wasn't doing IT work back then. I certainly didn't know Keith. There you go. So, um, so no, I, I didn't look at, uh, I actually stayed off of the internet for most of this weekend until today. I was out like doing stuff, which is, is weird. Same. I, uh, um, I, I'm redoing my kitchen backsplash. Um, this, uh, as you know, uh, I'm on this like health kick and mm -hmm. so I have tons of energy and between the energy and my ADHD, like I have to be doing something. So now I have like my whole, my whole house torn apart, like doing little projects. Um, so anything good. So the backsplash um, is the, the big one currently the main initiative. Yeah. The backsplash just cause it's nice and easy. Then I'm going to, uh, I got to fill in some concrete, uh, in my kitchen, uh, where we lifted some tile when we did the new Island and then, I'm going to repair some cabinets and then I will probably do some uh, luxury vinyl flooring. Nice. Um, replace it throughout the house because, you know, why not? Drive my wife a little nuts. So, cabinets. But, uh, so, I mean, of, of that, cabinets sounds the worst. Like trying to line everything up and get everything level. That's just a nightmare. So, they're already done. Um, I did them about seven, eight years ago. Uh, my sister's boyfriend was doing, uh, he's a carpenter. He had offered to do them. Um, he's no longer around, uh, which is probably for the best. Um, the doors, uh, almost half the doors have fallen down at some point. Um, <laughs> they're extremely heavy. Uh, they had the wrong screws. So I'm doing a lot of wood filler, a lot of reinforcing, not fun, but yeah, you yeah. know, we're going to sell this house in the next year or two. I don't, I don't really want to blow another 15 grand on a brand new kitchen. So, I know it's like a, it's a money sink. Yeah. Um, there is one super awesome part of doing your own work though. And that is every week just about you have an excuse to go buy some expensive oh, yeah. awesome tool right oh, yeah. it's like i only need this for one thing i'm totally gonna buy the like pro contractor version anyway for sure 
I, absolutely. Thing. I mean, you know, I have, I have to build a table saw, you know, I have to, you know, I have Brad nailers, I have finishing nailers, I have everything. The only thing I don't have is a compressor because all my stuff is, you know, uh, cordless, yeah. but yeah. I have basically everything and I can still find like, oh, I need to buy this. I need to buy that. And probably not the best idea, but I, I blame MSPs for that. That's, that's an MSP <laughs> thing. Get the new tool, get the new shiny. It's just fun. It's just fun it buying like whatever hobby I'm into buying gear is just super fun and it, it's not a good use of money most of the time it's just fun yeah yeah it's all good so i think we should start off on a high note i haven't read this uh so okay let's do it i don't know how good this is gonna be but i haven't read this it's titled the best customer ever if it's bad we can discuss why it's bad it'll be entertaining regardless there you go there you go so uh, with a title like best customer ever you think this is a tongue-in-cheek post do you think this is legit what do you I'm gonna guess it's legit. I'm I think this is someone talking about having a good experience. Now, now that I said that, I'll be totally wrong and it's like sarcasm, but I, I'm predicting <laughs> that this is a positive story for once. I, I'm I'm crossing my fingers for positive story. So let's see what we have here. Best customer ever. Oh, so boy. as a preface preface, uh, this post is in good humor and is not a managed customer of ours. Uh, well, I was down wrong quickly. Then. Uh we sell Microsoft 365 to said customer, not a lot, just less than 100 or so. They manage with people who work in the business as they know technology. Oh, the scream CFO to me. Uh, cool, not a problem. We don't care. They manage everything themselves, including 365. For whatever reason, they want us to sell to them instead of buying directly. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, I've had some people oh, like yeah. that. Yeah, usually to like combine in a bill or some purchasing reason, whatever. Um, yeah. They apparently have to go through a security audit due to their insurance requirements. As part of this, they asked us to add security to their email. Cool. Uh, Microsoft has additional security tools. We offer them that and they agree. But the, when they sent us part of the questionnaire, it states a requirement for EDR. And the customer POC said it's only required for internet-facing devices. There's so much to unpack in this paragraph so far. <sighs> you you want to stop here? And We're still here? on like sentence one or two, and they're talking about tailoring scope to meet internet facing devices it's that that customer that knows it right like that's that is such a red flag to me sometimes um all right so i'm like it's not how it works then we come out <laughs> to find out they have a server that's internet facing with no security uh he was like well we'll put security on that that's not i tell him that's not what how does it that works. mean <laughs> I mean, these are the, maybe it's my old age, but these are the kind of conversations I wouldn't be able to keep a straight face with a customer. Put security, like a security guard is standing next to the, the server. Right? Like, it's like we let everybody wearing brown pants into the building, but if you're not wearing brown <laughs> pants, you, you need security. Like, I don't get it. Um, I'm not their IT provider, just a reseller of 365. Secondly, I have no risk in this. Third and finally, is this really how businesses think before it blows up on them with ransomware. I wow. think that's probably the most powerful sentences in the entire thing. Um, do you agree they have no risk in this? At first, I agreed with it. And it seems like they have started to go down the making recommendations and advisory role at this point. And, and so yeah. I, I don't think that's an accurate statement anymore. Yeah, I can already hear like Brad Gross in the background, just like screaming, like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. if, if they wanted at what they were doing at first, just reselling licenses 
that's the no risk standard. That's a VARA. That's, and, and if they wanted to no keep no risk, don't do anything but sell licenses. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I, no problem there. Customer asks for this, sell them the license, asks for this. A little bit of sales engineering. This is included in this SKU. This is not included in this SKU. You may want to purchase something. Cool. The minute they say the word questionnaire, that red flag pops up for me. Um, and if you're advising on that questionnaire, you're assuming something. I, I don't know what you're assuming. I'm not an I'm not an attorney. I don't play one on the internet, but you're assuming something. Uh, you're definitely putting the finger pointing in your direction. Um, I don't know. It, it's this to me seems like there needs to be a hard line of I'm only selling you licenses or we're providing IT services. Like there can't yes. be gray area, right? Yeah, making that interpretation or trying to figure out what satisfies those requirements, you, you I think you're assuming risk. I mean, we should get an attorney, it, right? If you're asking this question, ask your business attorney. But um, to me, my untrained legal thing says you're taking on some risk by saying this satisfies that this doesn't. Um, oh, for sure. For sure. And, Actually, right, and, and there's the reputation hit, even if you're not legally financially liable, too. Like who wants to be that guy with that Yelp review or that Google review where it says, you know, my MSP told me I didn't need EDR except on my public facing servers. Right. <laughs> like, right. Do you want that associated with your MSP? No, I don't think so. Do you know um, what I want to know? I, they used the phrase in that post two or three times, put security on. What does yeah. that mean? I know. Like there's that one product that adds security to it, right? Like you can almost hear like Jason Slagle that there's no silver bullet. Um, because if there's a product called security that I can just buy, um, my life would be a lot easier. I mean, ConnectWise is the king of like one word, like product names, right? Sell, manage, PSA, RMM. Do you guys have a product name security? You know, I never started calling anything by the new names, so I, I don't actually know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's a Microsoft product called security and we're all idiots. I doubt it. But right, you know. if there are, I'm going to go buy some and like do something else. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. just make my <clears> life <throat> that much easier. All right, let's see. Let's go to the comments. Uh, you want to take a guess? Pull a spooner, see what uh, comments we we're going to expect. Well, I, I mean, I took a guess on the content, so I was wrong once. Let's be wrong again. Um, my guess is that it was a lot of people having the same type of question and disbelief that we just did. I hope. I hope. Uh, there's always the, oh, it's a joke, but, oh, we're too small. Nobody would waste their time targeting us, said the multi-million dollar company. Um, I, I've, we've, I've heard that before, sadly. So here's the thing, though. Mm hmm I have heard the the phrase "we're too small, nobody would ever target us." I hear more in sales presentations than anyone ever actually saying that. Um, I've heard it. I've heard the objection. Now, I, to be fair, I haven't been an MSP since 2017. But, um, well, let me say it right. I haven't gone out and sought new MSP business since 2017. Fair, yeah. Um, you know, the existing clients that I finally decommissioned, like toward the end of last year, that, that's a different story. I had a relationship. I have, I have rapport. Um, my clients listened to me because that's relationship we had on both sides, but I will say like 2011 to 2016, 2017. Yeah, I, I did get those more earlier. Um, especially like when ransom, ransomware just started picking up like, uh, yeah, like you know, 2011, so. 2012, 13. Yeah. When it got really bad. Well, it's bad, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, 
you know, when nobody knew what to do, right? Like, do we go buy Bitcoin? Do we like, what do we do here? Right. How do we um, buy Bitcoin? You know, and actually I, I did broker a deal for Bitcoin, uh, for one of my clients that got ransomware. They got ransomware before I got in. Um, that's the reason they brought me in. Um, but, uh, and they had Webroot, not blaming Webroot cause it's exactly what I put on afterward, but, um, you know, it, it happened. Uh, but their <laughs> bank BOA wouldn't let them, um, fund any Bitcoin purchases at the time. This is 2012, something like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so they had transferred money to me. I purchased the Bitcoin, um, obviously with Bitcoin changing the value every 30 seconds, um, by the time I bought it, you know, there was a little bit of leftover. I asked them, they said, just keep it like, okay. Uh, it was like fractions of a penny at that point. Um, yeah, and that yeah. turned into a couple hundred bucks. <laughs> and so, yay. Well, total um, side note, I don't know about you somewhere in my pile of old drives is a bitcoin wallet with like a couple of coins on it oh and don't get me started on that yeah like, I, I i'm sure everyone has one of these. like i remember what was it like 2010 2011 like oh that sounds cool yeah or or that sounds kind of dumb like let me forget about this and man where's the time machine i speaking of i have here uh next to me this is uh this says sense cap this is one of those um, those devices that plug into your internet and then, uh, basically pay you for transactions that are right over your network. Um, it's another cryptocurrency. I forget what, uh, ties into like Amazon and some other shit. I've just never set it up. Um, so basically it's about, you put an antenna outside your building and, uh, it creates a, its own network and they pay you for those transactions using your internet. Uh, yeah. so cool. I, it's still, I haven't connected. I bought it like two years ago, but. Uh, you know, it's there. It's paying, paying itself off. I see. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's not the first thing I buy that's sitting in the box. So, all right. So yeah, I totally sidetracked us with that comment. Yeah, um, so, so maybe, maybe it's not an issue recently or it was different than, um, in recent history. I feel like I haven't heard that much, but, um, you know, it, it could be the yeah, prospects I mean, we well, were talking we to have, or whatever. We have Keith, Sandy, Dustin in the chat. I mean, guys, if you, do you hear that anymore? Do you hear we're too small to get hit? Um, Dustin with his, you know, with his, uh, insurance and his MSP, uh, if anybody's going to hear it, I'm sure he's going to hear it. Yeah, for um, sure. You know, so, um, as yep, a solution. As I like a solution. that. I, yeah, I, may, I may use that in the future. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they'll blame you for not properly su- suggesting properly implemented security, uh, features. I don't disagree with that. No. Um, right. I mean, that that's representing the jump from you know, reseller to advisor. Oh, there we go. Frank comes in. Uh, I've had several potential clients that ended up not working with them, argue that no one wants to target them. Okay. So, okay. So that, that's still alive and well. Yeah. Uh, let's see what Dustin says. One ransomware incident heard about firsthand little lady office manager went to Wells Fargo first thing in the morning, withdraw Bitcoin and no one there had heard of it yet. Uh, yeah, I, I, that, that's exactly what happened to us. And, uh, 2011 2012 whenever that was um yeah and so that comment right there from sandy that's why i always loved regulated clients when i was an msp um finra ferpa socks fda you name it um you know the hippo hippos whatever anybody with a monkey on their back saying you need to do this right legal has to keep contracts or, or, or documents for x amount of years so does financial so does education um, real estate you have what five years title you have seven um, and it was awesome because 
you know, Title was one of the first ones where the underwriters started demanding email uh, encryption. Like there was nothing in real estate legal or real estate title uh, mortgage, anything in that industry, in those industries that required encryption. And then the underwriters for title said, no, no, if you're going to do business with us, you need to do these things. And it's awesome. It's awesome when you don't have to be the one saying, do this. Um, yeah, it's awesome in two ways. One, you know, most likely you were telling them that and it just takes away that antagonistic. I think they're trying to sell me something vibe right and you hear from a third party and it sets you up for future recommendations too because they they hear that and say oh these guys know what they're talking about they recommended yeah. it even before our you know regulation or insurance questionnaire or whatever came in it, it's hugely beneficial yeah I, I i agree with this msp stopped being the boogeyman uh he did correct it afterward msp stopped being the boogeyman uh when insurance started demanding um yeah and yeah sure i mean use it to your advantage why not um it gives you credibility yeah absolutely let's see here we got clients are usually small less than 15 seats it's hard to get some of them to understand it um matt did you ever have like i know you said like you know you hear this more in sales pitches but um did you ever have to combat this with a client did you ever have like i'm just looking for some strategies of like how to get over that client mindset of we're too small to be affected the the way that i would tend to explain it is to describe something else opportun opportunistic, like any crime really, right? And yeah. so there's, yes, there's the targeted thing. And, and the reality is if you're a big enough target to be targeted, especially if you get into like, you know, real threat actor groups and nation states and things, you're going to get compromised anyway. And explaining the, what you're doing is making yourself less of a target for the opportunistic threat actors right the guys who are just yeah. looking to score on anyone that they possibly can and you know hit, hit your neighbor right it's no different than having like the security system sign and a dog at your house it's not necessarily that you expect the dog to you know actually like chase the robber down the street it's that yeah. the presence of them makes your house harder to get to yeah, that was the, um, and that's very similar to the analogy I used to use. Uh, you know, people don't break into your house because they see an opportunity. They break into your house because you have a door. You know, it's not, I'm not saying people don't sit there and jiggle handles and, you know, check car door handles and stuff like that. Yeah, it yeah. happens. But more often than not, like, and this is coming from when I worked at the police department, more often than not, it was, they would go into a neighborhood and hit a string of houses back to back. It was just, that's where they were at the moment. Um, so, you know. There's that. All right. Yeah, right. See. It would be like the old days where you, you took the stereo faceplate off of the, the car before you went inside. Oh, yeah. You don't really do that anymore, do you? I, I think no. those days are gone. No, but uh, I had plenty of those tires stolen, headlights stolen. Uh, people Who steals a headlight? They they steal headlights are like 200 bucks, especially like on a BMW or something like that. They're two, 300 bucks easy because they're like all one piece. It's the most ridiculous shit. Um. It takes them some 15 of those... minutes, but you go to the mechanic and it takes the mechanic two hours. Like Right. I was going to say, in some of those cars, it <laughs> if you get a headlight change, it's like a two, three hour bill because they have to take the whole right? car apart to get the headlight out. Or they claim they do. Maybe they don't actually have if to the, do that. Yeah. If these criminals were mechanics, they'd you know, be sitting pretty, you know, real pretty. Um, the people in car accidents are not targets. Shit happens. That's actually pretty damn accurate when you want to describe the being attacked. Um Yeah. Yeah. A little morbid. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. yeah. Fair enough. All right. Let's see here. Uh, we have Ride a Boom 2024. 
um, one of my favorite conferences. It was posted by Kelvin, so I'm not taking it as advertising. Um, we had posts most major events, uh, specifically MSP Geekcon. Want to shine a special light? Right of Boom, uh, related Cybernation Cybercall. Early bird special just expired, but Andrew's been kind enough to keep it going until September 30th. I didn't even know what was going on. Uh, <laughs> like, we're no, me either. We're going to be there, but I didn't know the uh, early bird special was going on. So if you haven't registered for Right of Boom, you have a, a few more minutes to uh, buy it. Um, all right. Uh, there's the usual Kaseya posts. We can skip oh, those. Um, beyond the CACBOT takedown. That's interesting. Let's see what this so is. the the takedown right is is noteworthy although there's not yeah. necessarily a ton for us to talk about I'm curious what the beyond portion is so you want to give some background on the uh, the takedown first before we uh, get into that um, Sorry, I didn't see anything the but the headline I don't know <laughs> okay. I don't have much to give <laughs> I, I, I saw didn't that know exactly happened. what it was because I skipped out on MSP dispatch this week Tom Lawrence covered for me but uh, so I heard something of it but I, I, honestly I've been super busy all week all right so. For starters, I want to highlight. So we're really informing our, our audience that right. we oh, weren't oh, paying okay. attention yeah, yeah. this, this week. Is, the FBI did. Um, okay, yes, the FBI had a win on this. I did actually. I think I reported on this two weeks ago. Um, I want to highlight truly promising to witness FBI and the broader law enforcement community. And this is a USA thing. FBI's Federal Bureau of Investigation in the U.S. Um, taking part in these impactful large-scale takedown operations. A society increasingly depending on technology, we must see these operations compress from decades to months, weeks. CACBOT was up and running for 15 years. Wow, I had no idea. Um, yeah, I didn't realize it was that long. Yeah, so here's some ob observations. Wait, maybe it's too early to claim victory. Uh, code of CACBOT or of QBOT is very versatile and has been sold to other threat actors. We'll see CACBOT light capabilities and other malware, including those associated with EDR AV evasion. With the case of LockBit, we'll see multiple variants of, of CACBOT. This is simply what threat actors are doing for a living. There are a minimum of 700,000 devices compromised, and we need to remember that CACBOT is an initial access vector. Typically, adversary is talking about lateral movement. Uh, we're all yeah. aware of that. Um, lastly, it's yet to be seen how this will affect ransomware threat as a whole. In the eight months of 2023 ending yesterday, ransomware was up 25% compared with the 12 months of 2022 by victim numbers. It'll be interesting to follow the math, the aftermath of CACBOT. This this seems like one of those serpent things where you cut off one head and there's always 17 others. Yeah. So so my my thinking about this is that this is an interesting piece. But if I'm building a security program or if I'm an MSP thinking about what my offering is, it doesn't necessarily do me much as far as actionable things to focus on the specifics of one network right or, or one malware stream right. like i i don't necessarily you're not blocking read that and take a different actor. action you're just it. doing good practices period right yes and and like it's interesting and and you know i'll probably dive into it more but it's not going to impact what i do as far as protecting my clients or even my own network necessarily because there's there's thousands of millions of different malware variants out there and and different groups and um if i spend all of my any significant chunk of time focusing on the specifics of this, you know, there's like a hundred other ways I'm going to get popped that I'm not dealing with. Yeah. And so just good best practices is what jumps out at me. 
it's it's a winning story it's a yay but it really doesn't affect how we protect things uh, it doesn't affect how you're going to look at logs when you're like going after the fact you're going to be like oh this couldn't be cackbot no that doesn't work um so dustin says uh look at the hunter's piece for cackbot is slick uh talk about that uh so there's a thread advisory from last year with the uh, with Ethan Tancredi, who's been on a couple times. Uh, then they put out this year in June, this one. Uh, oops, it was here somewhere. Dustin, if you have the link, send it to me on Discord, and I'll uh, I'll take it, please. Um, the risk of doing live. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, but they have stuff here. There was one I saw that said something about. Uh, vaccine hold on huntress vaccine files there we go so apparently these are these are vaccine files for cacbot uh events which is kind of cool oh that's cool yeah I, <clears throat> I mean and then for those that are wondering about it uh this is the actual article um i'll share one of the articles from cybersecurity drive that's actually the uh talking about the u.s takedown of cacbot uh on the 30th so, yeah and, and i don't mean to diminish that right that this is no, a super cool great. thing that that happened and, and that's doing it it's just that it's not actionable it's cool and interesting but not actionable on our part well it's funny because okay so you, this is your world right you're the security evangelist um when there's an event like colonial pipeline for example right or um what was the israeli one that was like air gapped with the uh the science equipment uh oh way back like the stuxnet yes one? yes stuxnet thank you okay yeah. um when we hear of those events then the events themselves they cause conversation they they peak interest of people involved they give us something to talk about with clients there's a lot yes. of positive that comes from these bad events. I would like yes, I, I'm, an I'm awareness a, factor. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a glass half full kind of guy. So, but when they, if there, when there's any kind of resolution or outcome, right? Um, whether it's like the colonial pipeline, finding the the actors, whether it's whatever, it doesn't matter. You don't have that same kind of outcome. It's not that same kind of yay. It, it doesn't really. Besides a feel good, it's good for the new cycle. There's no real takeaways, are there? I guess it depends on what it is, right? So you brought up um, Stuxnet, and, and you know, aside from just being a novel attack vector, one of the results of Stuxnet was that Zero Day entered the vernacular for oh, yeah. non-security professionals, right? That was one of the first big things that really made Zero Days a mainstream topic of conversation and just sparked conversations about what to do about them or how to respond to things like that. So... Um, I guess to your point, it, it yeah, it's a conversation starter. It's a sparker. It's not even then not necessarily going to lead to direct changes, right? Because as far as your program is concerned, install the update as soon as you can based on whatever testing policy you have, right? right? That doesn't change, but it makes you think about how do we limit the potential damage of zero days and things like that. So I that, that's a good point. I like that. Um, I like to look. I like to go back and say look at how they because they never tell you how they responded right like you, you'll never get like how the actual ir plan went down unless it's like a a cloud flare or one of those that like to actually be very transparent about what goes yeah. on yeah. um but i do like to use those internally with my teams and say okay well if this was us 
how would you handle what would be the plan of action obviously there's a lot of what ifs it's not much more than a role-playing game at that point because you don't know infrastructure you don't know protections but some of the process policy stuff that's universal right like the phone yeah, calls the what making. happens if question yeah and so it's nice to get that um you know i i like to do that because it's one thing to say okay well in our company if this happens what are we going to do and we have our ir bible and all the other fun stuff but like getting them out of that headspace and looking at, okay, this is another event. Now, you and I both know the response is nearly identical, but the scale is a lot bigger, but the response is pretty damn, pretty damn close. Um, and so getting them to think outside of that and saying, okay, well, if I was in charge of this network, how would I handle it? Um, it it kind of gets those text minds in a different space, which I like, which, you know, I think is kind of cool. For sure, right? So like when I do my, what happens if, presentation i open it by saying you know remember when the kaseya thing happened you can stand around and say man thank god it wasn't you know what i use or you can say what happens if or when it is the thing i use and, and kind of go from there um, you know what's the tale on that so like my thing is this so like we talk about stuxnet there are absolutely msps today that we're not aware of stuxnet um we can talk about melissa virus we can talk about i love you and all that stuff and there are absolutely MSPs today that have no clue what the hell I'm talking about. So what do you think the <laughs> lifespan is for the Kaseya thing? We're like, we're going to get to a 4th of July weekend. We're going to be like, there's going to be a class of people that that's not on their radar anymore. You think that's it, five years? Four it's going to be a while. Yeah. Because it, it, that has turned into a, a cautionary tale that you see in presentations all over the place. And, and, and maybe there are some... MSPs that don't ever go to events or conferences and, and they might not be aware of it. Um, but industry wide, it was just such a big moment because the, the compromised RMM went from a theoretical worst case to an actual thing that happened. Yeah. Right. That was the change. I, I think it'll That's be quite scary. a while. Yeah. I, and I just, I, and I get, I'm technically part of the media at this point, but I would love if the media would stop doing the whole, you know, team viewer used to infect thousands of computers or RMMs using being used to infect thousands of computers. And they're just using free trials of remote control software. Like don't get me wrong. Right. I'm not defending team viewer by any means, but you get what I'm saying. Like they're just fantastic news, news articles. In my opinion, they dilute the conversation of what people should be paying attention to. They do. It's no different than saying like, you know, TCPIP used in attack vector. <laughs> A hundred percent of internet down with happen over the network. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh no, get rid of my Wi-Fi. No, um, <laughs> right? oh, don't give Congress ideas, please. Um, okay. So, quick question on support costs, office licensing requirements. Oh, office licensing that can take us the next four hours. Maybe. There you go. All right, let's go. Let's pretend no. they haven't mentioned M six three sixty five maps yet. Um, so, we're looking for guidance on Microsoft licensing. No, I'm not going to know the answer. Oh shit. Um, nor does anyone else so it's okay yeah it's okay my you know have you ever let me ask a quick question because we all get those v slash or v hyphen vendor emails for licensing audits uh over our careers have you ever responded to a single one of them i have so i have used them to true up licensing on clients that i knew needed oh, true wow. ups um, we have had clients that had to go through real audits. Yeah, the real ones that those. are non-vendor. For those, in case you guys don't know, like when you get an email from at Microsoft.com, if it says V hyphen, that's an outside contractor. Um, and 
I, I'm not going to say those are safe to ignore. I'm just going to say I may or may not have ignored every single one in my entire career. Um, yeah. Now, now, if you get one that's not a V hyphen, jump on that shit because, yeah. Um, so they have an NPO um, with mixed licensing, 10365 premiums, uh, non NPO donation, and 200 uh, 365E2s that are going to be discontinued and converted to business basic. Uh, understand the 10 business premium give access to entre ID plan one and into oh this is going to be one of those do I have to license everybody things uh, entre ID one and into plan one Microsoft cannot restrict some of the tenants on a per user basis so the whole tenant yeah we know that I had to think uh, about what entre ID was for a second by the yeah, way yeah it's uh, if I hadn't <laughs> reported on it I'd be questioning the same like, oh what's thing. that oh right yeah so I'm just gonna call it Azure um so the client uses some features from the Azure uh, Azure Plan One. Uh, well, it wouldn't have been Plan Azure Plan One. It would have been shit because they're using Azure to replace. They're using Entree to replace Azure, but it's also starting with security services. So this is going to get bad. Um, benefits users: custom single sign-on, SSPR, conditional access, name some P one. Yeah. Okay. So if they're using of- that stuff, that's in. I can't call it Azure ID. If they're using that stuff that's in Azure AD one, then yes. I, I, I think this is all coming down to they're using stuff in Azure AD plan one and yeah, everyone basically. needs to be licensed for it. And, and it's really that simple. And it's one of those deals, right? You can get away with it. Right. Um, but, but it's you like shouldn't, right? able to email out from shared email boxes. Yeah. Like you can do it, but don't get mad when they shut it off. You know what well, I mean? And that's an integrity thing too. Like oh, yeah, you, sure. We should not be giving our clients that kind of advice. Like, here's what you have to do. That's it. Like, there's no gray area in this. There's a right thing and a wrong thing to do. Okay. So let's go back to that uh, ethically, morally, 100% principle based, no argument whatsoever. Let's go from a risk standpoint. Let's go to remember that first uh, person we were talking about that was originally, we agreed he was just a VAR, he or she was just a VAR, and then started giving advice on this questionnaire, right? Mm-hmm. Um, at what point, because if the client says, I need 50 E3 licenses or E1 licenses, and I need 10 P1s, um, entre P1s, you know the math doesn't add up. But if you're just selling licenses, like where's the line? Where would you, would you advise them? Would you warn them against them? Would you not make the sale? Well, like what's your, I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but. No, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> if I am purely selling and not giving any advice whatsoever, mm-hmm. I would sell them. If there's any That's discussion funny. about the engineering or helping choose or anything like that, because as far as I know, they're buying different quantities like to true up something right well and if you're not managing their tenant there's nothing blocking them from buying three uh licenses direct either you can do that right same tenant right but Um, i think if we're in any way involved in the like decision making of what to buy then it becomes and and right and going back to the risk perspective the risk is very little you're unlikely to ever get caught doing this anyway but from a yeah. just ethical integrity standpoint, then then yes, of course I would. Oh yeah, start talking about the it's not worth the it, need I, to do that. It's don't get me wrong. I see my keeper bill every month. I see like my mm. Microsoft biller. It gets annoying. I absolutely mm. get it, and it sucks. But it's part of doing business. Like it's just one of those things you have to do. It's not a question. Um, yeah, I'm with you. My my only my only uh, to use the current parlance. My only ick here is that. To sell the licenses, you have to have delegated permissions. 
right? Like you have to have permissions on the Yeah, thing. that's true. That's so true. that kind of and I so get maybe it. there is I no mean, case. But you get where I'm going with this, right? Like you have access to their tenant at this point. Um and if you haven't migrated GDAP, for God's sakes, migrate to GDAP already. Um, you know, SIP makes it easy. Uh, but yeah, if you have access to their tenant, like it's a it's a fuzzier conversation to say, I didn't know or I didn't advise them. I'm just selling them licenses because you do have visibility into yeah. the license counts. You do have visibility to license users. Um, and so little... do you carry the responsibility to do that? Or do you take the stance that you're not going to get involved in selling things to clients you don't manage. Yeah, I, I see that goes down. A, I wonder where the risk is there. And we're not attorneys. Don't take our advice as legal advice, please. Yeah, please. There's smarter please people that. for their, for that. Um, there are specific license people like uh, one of the guys I follow, Splaw, Splaw Man, Splaw Guy or whatever. Um, he did a lot of advisement for me when we were doing the uh, Splaw licensing and the VDA. Um yeah, the I, I agree. I like don't don't get me wrong. I'm not going to pretend I didn't use a may have gotten a few hours of AOL free at some point with maybe a generator of something or other. Um, I'm not going to say I've never you know put a fake serial number into a an old ass version of uh, well it wasn't even Creative Suite back then but Adobe Suite. Um, oh, man, I, you know I've done plenty of those things in my kid days. I'm not going to sell that to somebody. I'm not going to put my business on the line for that. It is yes. worth to save them 50 bucks to ruin my reputation and possibly got, you know, I, God knows what the EULA and the, uh, the Microsoft partner docs say. So, right. If you're going to pirate something on your own machine, that's totally different than right. giving the advice to someone. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. I think we got time for uh, one more good story. We have. Uh, Did you post Keith's? latest comment i like that one uh let me see the savings doing mickey mouse uh savings doing mickey mouse it is lost in labor and labor is much higher than license fees we talked about that a little bit right the uh the software you know creating software creating workarounds and suddenly you're the only person that can support it um we talked about that last week uh yeah. and i agree 100 it always bites you in the ass yeah, um, no no shortcuts like so so we always had an expression around the office that was Make the client say no, right? Always propose the right thing, the right way to do it, the extended warranty, like all the stuff that seems like a waste of money that you know is useful and important, and then make them say no to it. And don't get there and, and try to save them money on the sales call. If they don't want it, they don't want it. Yeah, 100%. So I'm going to bring up one that was actually uh that was actually uh reported a couple times. <laughs> People didn't seem to care for this one. Um but uh, Carl Palachuk posted a massive hiring federal, massive federal hiring for IT in one week uh, with a link to uh, a ton of job posts that are going up. Um, and his reasoning for posting this is that it happens more on sysadmin than it does on MSP, but people whine about their jobs. They complain about, you know, my boss won't give me a raise. I have no career path. I'm burnt out from all these help desk tickets. Um, if you're a business owner and he even calls out business owners, if, you know, if you're one of those business owners that's miserable, there are other opportunities. Um, mm -hmm. and so the reason I wanted to bring this up is I'm a huge proponent of that. I know I can make money doing anything like literally anything. I'll figure it out. 
life is too short to do anything other than what makes you happy. Yes. Right? Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. We all get burnt out. Lord knows, you know, I get burnt out, but if you got to like doing this stuff to, to do MSP work. And the, the reality is that no matter how much we talk about it and, and how much we talk about making it easier, the, especially the first couple years of an MSP career are just mm-hmm. extremely stressful and there's no way around that. And if you don't love learning things and working with clients, you're, you're just not going to be successful. Yeah. I, it is really, it's like a trial by fire or like a boot camp that like never ends, especially MSP help desk. Um, you know, I personally, I love the chaos. I love the nonstop, you know, just figuring things out and kind of having to move, think on your feet yeah. and the high volume of stuff. I know that's not for everybody. I get it. Um, and I think when people get into MSP, they don't realize that's really what it involves for a good bit. I mean, don't get me wrong. You can plan around things, but I think a lot of the complaints come from, they think it's going to be like they're leaving corp IT and they want to start their own MSP business and they realize, Oh shit, this is hard. <laughs> like this Corp, is yeah, really corp hard. IT is a totally different world. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, we, we've all done this, right? I can't tell you how many social events and family events and all that stuff. I miss sitting at home, patching something or dealing yeah. with some incident. Right? That's just the way it goes. And um, if I didn't like doing this stuff, I wouldn't have done any of that. I was doing a DNS audit when you pinged me today. That's why right. I, I was like so in the zone of of going through our DNS records. Um, if anybody ever wants to uh, see a ridiculous amount of DNS records, look at what it takes to run a VoIP infrastructure. Uh, it is no joke. Um, but it is cool looking at your records and seeing, you know, we're processing something like 25 million DNS requests a month. Um, some ridiculous number. Um, all right. What so are these- most of them? Are they mostly like, service records and then mostly a records there's a shit ton of service records yeah it's it's a few a records a few c names and then it's all the uh, the serve records for you know all the data centers and tls and yeah, fun stuff um the reason comments like customers are stupid or we own the network or profanity at my msp negative self-talk um so let's touch on this um Something I, I, I like to refer to my company as a fish tank. And I, I like to, because I'm very cautious about who I bring in, about how they're going to affect everybody else. Um, and in the businesses I've owned over my years, I realized somebody with a bad attitude can infect the whole fish tank. Mm-hmm. Um, you get that one person that's just like, I hate customers, customers are stupid. And that kind of just bleeds into others. And you get people that are genuinely happy or, or generally happy or generally you know, yay customer. And suddenly that'll kind of weigh on them and it'll color how they handle the next ticket for that customer. Um, So you need to be very careful. There's a fine line between allowing people to vent and giving them an outlet and supporting negative uh, interactions, I guess. You ever, have you ever dealt with that? Uh, All the time. And there's a (laughs) corollary to this. And that is something that most MSPs are not good at. If you truly have a customer like that, fire them, fire the customer. And I I don't know why it's a difficult thing. Um, But for the, if you have like this kind of customer that like the dread comes on when the phone rings and the caller ID shows up, just get them out of there. It's just not worth it for anyone. It's not worth any contract price because it'll bleed over into the next interaction with someone you like. So 
did you have um at iconic or in your previous career did you have like a method for some for like if you got had a customer that's pissing everybody off or pissing a certain person off like did you have any kind of processes to how to identify that to management we would have a frank conversation with our primary contact of the customer and, and really it was about respect and, and it was like you know, you expect respect from us and, and we also expect that to everyone from me all the way down to the, the level one support guys. Right. And if, yeah. if it didn't change, then, then we would get rid of them. Like that's simple as that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I had plenty of those coming to Jesus conversations with right? clients. Um, you know, it, it was one of those things of, you know, and, and sometimes it's just, it's unfair a little bit because sometimes a second voice will get a different reaction from the client than the first one. Like, and I used to get that with escalations all the time. Customers pissed off at, at a tech and you know, maybe they're going a little too hard on the tech and I'd get the call and the person calms down either because it's me or just because it's a second voice and it gave them time to pause and think. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying, you know, you drop the client at the first bad interaction. Right? Know, you that, fire that's, that's crazy. Uh, <laughs> but you know, when it's systemic and, and that was kind of the litmus test was when yeah. our support desk guys saw the email come in or the caller ID come up and you would just get this sense of dread. Yeah. Over. You'd see the shoulders. And we had some like that. Uh, and, yeah. and that like when it starts impacting our guys to that point, that was when we really seriously thought about dropping them and, and in cases did right. If, if it didn't yeah. get better, if it didn't improve. We had an interesting process uh, where if somebody identified a client, they, everybody in the company was free to nominate anybody for termination, period. Um, any client for termination, I should say. Um, and if they did, we'd look at it logically. We'd gather as a group at the next weekly staff meeting, you know, small enough, we could do that, right? 20 people, yeah. whatever. Um, and we discuss the client, we discuss the revenue publicly, you know, among the team, we discuss the ticket load, we bring up the reports. Um, but we'd get the input from everybody and the company would weigh as a whole uh, as to how we were going to handle it. Um, so it was a nice check, right? So you could uh, yeah. differentiate between someone who's having a bad day. Yeah. And yeah. this or is a real systemic issue. 100%. Um, you know, something we've adopted since is we have a checkbox in our, we use Salesforce now, but uh, this actually, we had this when we were using manage um, for flag for management. And it was basically a red flag policy of if something happens where somebody's upset or something goes wrong, we mark it because it's an outlier ticket. We want to make sure management's aware of it, even if nothing happens afterward, just so we know that interaction happened. Um, mm -hmm. But those were key for these conversations for saying, okay, well, five times in the last year, management's had to talk to the person about not berating any of our staff. Now, I mean, I wouldn't even let it get to five if they're berating the staff, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was it was a nice thing because the team as a whole, they had ownership in, in how the decision was made. And almost always I would abide by whatever the team decided. Because, um, you know, my team first. <laughs> it has to be that way, right? Um you know, and uh, many times, you know, just as many times they jump in and say, yeah, it's not that serious. Maybe we're just overreacting. We don't really need to to do anything. And it was, it was a cool uh, it was a cool exercise every time it happened. Uh, but it gave them an outlet to vent, too. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, I, I really like the nomination idea. It, it, it makes somebody feel like they have a voice or that they're heard and, and yeah. that they have some kind of control over 
what happens as opposed to, you know, complaining to the guy next to them and nothing happens and the customer just keeps calling over and over. That That's a really good idea. It's, it's nice because it gives, like you said, it gives them the ownership and it also makes them feel heard. Um, it, let's be honest. I sit in my chair. I have the easy job. I, I get to see the bank account go up when we cash the checks. We send the invoices out. I don't have the day-to-day interaction anymore. The, the, team does right they're the ones that get affected when something negative yeah. happens and i've had those conversations over the years um almost always with msp clients very 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 few with voice clients but um with the msp clients of like hey look we don't want to fight here uh it needs to be a symbiotic relationship everybody's got to respect each other i get you're going to get frustrated we're going to get frustrated but we got to work respectfully and if we can't do that maybe we need to examine you know separating amicably um and just that alone, putting that on the table with a client was almost always enough to get the client to like calm down. Like, you yeah, know, realizing yeah. that the the IT team is not like somebody, a group of people to be stepped on. You know what I mean? Um, and it, it, it worked out well. I'm not saying it was perfect. There were some clients we eventually had to fire regardless, but it, it was a nice thing. You know, it was a, no, it was that, a cool that's thing. a good point, though. Like, like we, we have had clients, right? I think I've said we, we never had contract commits or year-long contracts or anything it was all month to month and we had clients take us up on like yeah let's let's part ways at this like it's just not working anymore and, and that was fine with us right let's let's leave yeah. on good or semi-good terms before this deteriorates yeah um keith brings up a good point um i don't know about that's a fantastic record <laughs> 30 years of or that's impressive well, yeah but you know he talks about the long courting uh, before getting married. And that was one of the things, like if I ever had a presentation, like, you know, your sales process, right? You're like, you know, your discovery or whatever. Um, and if I had one of those were like in my sales presentation, they're ready to sign on the spot. That was always a huge red flag for me. I mean, this is, we're, we're talking 30, 40, $50,000 a year. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Like, I want you to think about it. I want you to be a hundred percent before you come back because the old thing of easy come, easy go, right? Like <laughs> they sign and they're gone the next second. So, um, yeah, we usually gave a cooling off period before going and, and we'd set the appointment. I say we, it was me mostly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd set the appointment for a follow-up you know, present the presentation now, proposal now, specifically tell them we're not signing today. I'm giving you some time and I'm going to, hey babe, um, I'm going to, you know, we're going to have another appointment in two or three days to get this done. That well, way, especially on questions, you know, I'm guessing you, we, we always were too. We were always the highest, if not the second highest oh, quote yeah. they would get. And if anybody wanted to sign right then, that was a serious red flag. Like, yeah. Did you, I mean, <laughs> you churn through every other MSP in town first? And well, we had some that did that too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I love those, uh, especially, you know, don't get me wrong. It was one of my favorite things in the world when they're like, they would say no to our proposal today. And then they come back six months later and we're like, you know, we really should have gone with you. And that's, that's the best feeling in the world, honestly. Um, and then <laughs> you ever get the ones clients. that. You like know. occasionally you, you talk to the outgoing MSP and like the tech will have a candid conversation with oh, you yeah. like, good luck guys. Oh, I've done those. I've done those where I've handed off and uh, I haven't got enough in Miami. It's one of those things where like in Miami, nobody trusts each other, unfortunately. So um, 
even in uh so in one of our offices the office where i'm, I'm normally at um it's a bay of uh warehouse office space and there's an msp four downs four doors down uh to my right um to this day they won't let any of my people in their office like not to say hi not to anything because they knew we were an msp like yeah. it's that kind of miami is very much like that unfortunately um <clears throat> so we didn't get a lot of communication from former msps but i always did the opposite when we were handing somebody off i gave them the good the bad the everything so they were prepared i mean what's going to happen it's not like i'm getting the client back i'm handing it over that deal is done i want the other msp to be prepared so the client can be you know taken care of um you might get him back one day, right? That that happens. That does happen all yeah. the time. You know, not all the time, but it certainly happens. They come back a year, or two years later. I um, with very few exceptions, when they would come back, I'd almost always say no. Um, it's one of those. It wasn't an ego thing at all. It wasn't that. Um, it was, it was very much a you know. Usually, if they left, there was, there was a reason or two they left. Um, and unless I was hundred percent certain that was resolved, um, because let's be honest, clients that are hundred percent happy and everything's going great. Those aren't the ones that are typically leaving, right? It's yeah. somebody that was, had something internally or making their own decisions and not advising you or whatever, something was going on in the background. You didn't know, or you were screwing up. That happens too. <laughs> I mean, Lord knows I've screwed up enough, but like, yeah, you it know, depends but, on why they left, right? It depends. Yeah. If, and and if, if it was purely price like hey these guys can do it cheaper and they yeah. realized later that it wasn't the same offering and that's why it's cheaper then those oh, were those okay back. with coming back yeah i I'd, I'd take those back they, they appreciate you more they're good um like I, I remember when i took back that they had been purchased by a, a larger company and their the larger company had internal it and we worked with them over i want to say eight months it was a it was a large company it was um <clears throat> they supplied plumbing supplies to cruise ships um, so it was a global company mm -hmm. um, and whatever. And so I worked with their IT, helping them hand off and doing stuff. And it took like a, a year to hand off to their internal IT. It got to the point where I was like, are you guys ever going to take over? And it was, uh, so finally they did. And fast forward six months later, um, their IT came, their uh, director of IT came back and he's like, look, we had a really great experience with you and realized you guys handled things really well. And I think there could be a better relationship together and to turn into comets and work that really well. Great. Um, you know, and you, you do whatever I, I like to say, do whatever is going to let you sleep well at night. You know what I mean? And I do. I like that. Yeah. I like that phrase. And I think that's probably a, a good, a good moment to end on. <laughs> <And this laughs> it's <so> perfect. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good advice. It's actionable. I, I will tell you the best advice I ever got was from my daughter. She's 24 now, but she gave it to me when she was like, 14 or 15. Uh, I'm going to assume she heard it somewhere else and then she repeated it to me. Um, but she said, don't do things you're going to have to apologize for later. Um, and that whole think before you do thing. And I was like, damn, that's pretty freaking smart from a 15 year old. Uh, and it kind of stuck with me for the last nine years, you know? I so, like this. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to remember that, some nuggets that of wisdom. Sleep at night thing. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> All right, man. You got any plans for the uh, for Labor Day? No, not too much. Um, so I we had my niece and nephew over 
Friday into Saturday, and, and I, I think I mentioned they're like tornado age. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> <saw> your cats. <laughs> yeah. And, and so we're recovering from that incident, right? So my uh, I have no kids, and, and we have no plans to have kids. We're, we just can't take the, the chaos and pandemonium. So we'll be doing yeah. nothing tomorrow. Rentals are the best. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I have my 10-year-old. I love my 10-year-old. I love my 24-year-old. Um, but I have two nephews now that are both, like, they were born, both born in the last four months. Um, those are fun. <laughs> like, you get them, give them back. You're good. Um, but, yeah, I saw your your cats hanging out. It's funny because I have twin cats. Uh, the black and white one, we have a bunny cow. It looks exactly like yours. Uh, his name is Thunderclap. Uh, we call him TC. And then we have an all-black <laughs> one named Wednesday. That's my wife's cat. Yeah, yeah. They they look like my cat. They they look like what my cats will because they're they're kittens though. They look like oh wow exactly what they look like for kittens. Yeah, they're uh, one's a year old, one's like nine months old. You cool if I? Uh, oh, I don't even know where the hell you put the picture. Yeah, you can share it if you can find it. <laughs> I I don't remember where you put it. <laughs> it's we're in too many circles together. I'll, I'll share it later. Maybe I'll share it next week. Um, but all right. Uh, until next time, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. I appreciate you, or we appreciate you. And uh, thanks for keeping the conversation fun. And until next time, take care of yourselves and each other. been a broadcast of the MSP Media Network.